You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Do you believe Jesus is alive? Even though you are facing some challenges and difficulties, it, it doesn't mean there's something wrong in your life. Amen? Let me see who's been facing some challenges. Who of you have been facing more challenges since, since you've been a Christian? So why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? Being a Christian does not mean you won't face challenges. If they've been preaching that to you, telling you that, they've been lying to you. Everybody's now very quiet. No, we want to hear everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. God will see you through. Amen? David said in Psalm 91, In the time of trouble, I will be with him. In the time of trouble, I will be with him. Because he has set his love upon me, I will deliver him. So in difficult times, set your love upon God. Anybody can say, Jesus, I love you when it's going well. Anybody can say God is good when everything is perfect. But it takes a man and woman of faith to say, I love you, Jesus, when it's in difficult times. To say, God, you are good when you're going through some tough times. The Bible teaches us in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1, that there's a time and a season for everything. Turn to the person next to you say, there's a time and a season for everything. You know, sometimes we work very hard, we pray very hard, we do everything right, but we don't have the desired result. Has that ever happened to you? You prayed your best prayer, you did your good deeds, you even read your Bible more than what you usually do, and then things didn't work out the way that you wanted. The Bible teaches us that the wise man builds his house on the rock and another house is built on sand. Both those houses experienced a storm. Jesus taught his disciples, he says that God causes his sunshine, the light to shine upon the just and the unjust. Rain on the just and the unjust. Things happen to good people and to bad people alike. The difference is, he who builds his house on the rock after the storm, his house is still standing. Turn to the person next to you, say your storm, your challenges, your difficulties are different. When you are born again, when you are linked up with God, whatever you are going through is for a purpose. It's there for a reason. God is still in control of your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, value the process. Tell them again, say, value the process. We oftentimes just want the end result. 
we just want the end. But the time and the season to get to the end, we're not interested in that. Just think about Joseph in his life. God gave him a dream. You're going to be a ruler. Your brothers are going to bow before you. Your father and mother is going to bow before you. And what happened? He found himself in a pit. Found himself in prison. He had to go through a whole process to get to the place where God could do in his life what he had promised. Do you have a promise from God? Let me see your hand if God has given you a promise. Who of you have experienced some disappointments looking at your promise? Well done. The Bible says and teaches us that in disappointment, there's appointment. Turn to the person next to you and say, in disappointment, there's appointment. Tell them again, say, in disappointment, there's appointment. When we are young, when Joseph was young, he thought he could do everything in his own strength, in his own ability. He thought because he had the amazing coat that his father gave him with all the colors that everybody should just listen. And oftentimes when we are young, we go through a time and season where we think we can do things in our own strength, our own ability. But you need God for everything in your life. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, you need God. Family, oftentimes in our disappointment, there's appointment. In the delay that we are experiencing, God is in control. When you're a Christian, you know that God is in control of your life. You missed a good place to say amen. When you're a Christian, you know God is in control of your life. Ten more people believe that. When you're a Christian, it doesn't matter what you are going through. God is in control of your life. He's taking you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Saul, King Saul, a delay of seven days allowed a miracle in his life. Not only in his life, but in other people around him. The delay does not mean God is denying you anything. God is busy perfecting everything in your life. Turn to the person next to you, say, in disappointment, there's appointment. Tell them again, say, in disappointment, with God, there's an appointment. That will bring me to our sermon topic for today, in disappointment, there's appointment. Amen. Family, listen to me. The race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the person that's the strongest. But the Bible teaches us that opportunity and chance comes to everybody. In your disappointment, you'll find appointment. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel 10, verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait, 
until I come to you and show you what you should do. Turn to the person next to you and say, wait for the promise. Tell them again, say, wait for the promise. Even Jesus, when he gave the Holy Spirit the greatest gift to us, he said, wait in Jerusalem. 500 people heard the message to wait. 120 remained in the upper room. Turn to the person next to you and say, wait patiently. Tell them again, say, wait patiently. We live in a generation today where we want everything immediately. You get upset with your microwave if the food is not warm in one minute. But you forget the days when you had to switch on the oven, let it warm up, put it in the oven, wait for 20 minutes for the food to warm up. Some of you don't even have reference to what I'm saying right now, thinking, what is he talking about? Buy a new microwave, mom and dad. I want the food warm in 30 seconds. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Yes. Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. That's our generation. But it's through faith and patience that you inherit the promise. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, allow God to change your heart. Tell them again, say, allow God to change your heart. Family, a lot of times in what God has called us to do is not the things that happen on the outside, but the things that happen on the inside. We need God to touch and change our hearts to believe what God has promised you, to believe what God has told you, that even though God said to you, Joseph, your brothers will bow down before you, your father will bow down before you, I've called you to be a ruler. If you don't allow God to change your heart, if you don't value the process, when you find yourself in the pit, you'll start to murmur and complain. When you find yourself in prison, you'll start to murmur and complain. Prison was the very thing that God used to elevate Joseph from the prison into the palace. In that disappointment, there was an appointment. Turn to the person next to you say, in disappointment, there's appointment. If you go to 1 Samuel 10 verse 26, and Saul also went home to Gibeah and valiant men went with him whose hearts God had touched. Your obedience in allowing God to touch and change your heart will affect other people around you. The delay was not just a blessing in Saul's life, but valiant men around him. Allow the process to change you. Value the process. Turn to the person next to you and say, value the process. Although it may seem tough. No, 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 we don't want to talk about tough. You confess toughness. For a diamond to be a diamond, it goes through some pressure. For gold to be gold, it must go through fire. Have you allowed the fire of the Holy Spirit to prepare you for your assignment? 
Family, listen to me. Never accept your temporary present situation as your future permanent situation. God is busy with the process. What you are seeing right now is not permanent. So don't accept it as permanent. It's a process. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, value the process. Oftentimes, God will allow foolish things in your life that will help you. Zacchaeus was short. Zacchaeus was not a man of, not very tall. So when he wanted to get to Jesus, when he wanted an appointment with Jesus, the crowds were pushing him away. That very thing that he seemed as a limitation in his life was the thing God was using to strengthen his desire for him. Turn to the person next to you and say, God uses foolish things to strengthen your desire. It was the limitations in his life that strengthened his desire for God. The challenge that you are going through right now, you see it as your enemy, but that very thing is the thing making you pray more, fast more, hold on to Jesus more. So if you're holding on to Jesus more because of that, is it your enemy or is it your friend? It depends on how you look at it. How is it that the disciples say, we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance? How do you glory in tribulation? They say, thank you, Jesus, because they know whatever the disappointment now is an appointment. The challenge that we are facing right now, God will turn it around for our good. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He says, get happy when you're going through a tough time. See, not one amen. No, we don't believe in that. But the Bible says it. It says, when you face a difficult thing, say, thank you, Jesus, because you know God is going to see you through. If it's a disappointment that you are facing right now with God on your side, that disappointment will become an appointment. Some of the things that you are facing that you've been running away from is the very appointment that God has set up in your life to take you from where you are to where He wants you to be. Turn to the person next to you say this, appointment in disappointment. Family, God will never force His will on you. He will never force any appointment on you. You have your part to play. You have your part to play. It's usually when you get to a place of being sick and tired of being sick and tired that you say, Lord, your will be done. Do in your life what you want to do. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Luke chapter 5. God will usually allow you to exhaust all your worldly strengths. The things that you think make you strong, make you better. Usually you exhaust all those things and you get to a place, well, I have to rely on Jesus. Your own self-confidence, confidence in self. I'm not saying don't have self-confidence. I'm saying confidence in yourself where you think you can do it without God. As long as, long as the world is in place in your heart, Jesus is displaced. Did you hear what I said? As long 
as the world is in place in your heart, Jesus is displaced. Luke chapter 5. I love Peter so much because he messed up so much as a Christian, as a disciple. So if he messed up and God could still use him, it means there's hope for you and for me. Amen? Who have you messed up this week? Who of you still want to be used by God? Say, thank you, Jesus, for Peter. <laughs> I mean, he just did stupid things. I mean, the one minute he's got the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus tells him, listen, yeah, you didn't figure this out by yourself. My Father in heaven revealed it to you. So don't think you anything. In the same chapter, when Jesus said, I have to die, he said, he takes Jesus aside in front of all the other disciples and he rebukes Jesus. He says, how dare you say you're going to die? I'm giving you my vision. Don't you know who's the guy who had the revelation that you are the Christ? There's no way that you're going to die. You're making a mistake. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus in front of his disciples? That's Peter. What did the Lord say to him? Get behind me, Satan. That's just for free. Amen. But then when Jesus, who was the one who walked on water? Peter. Who started sinking when he took his eyes off Jesus? Peter. Who was the one that he heard that Jesus was next to the seashore and they were still in the boat? Who was the one who jumped out of the boat when it was not close to the shore? Peter, he thought he could still walk on water. <laughs> Peter gives us a lot of hope. Amen. Luke chapter 5. So it was as the multitudes pressed about him to bear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and lay down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's appointment in disappointment. Here is Peter. He's toiled all night long. You can just hear he was frustrated. The whole night busy trying to catch fish. He knows his business as a fisherman. Did everything he had to do, caught nothing. Frustrated. I've toiled all night. I've worked hard. My hands are sore. I've pulled these nets up the whole night. Drop them the whole night, no fish. From a business point of view, you've done everything. 
but the contract's not signed. You didn't get the business. You've gone out, you worked the whole night, you've saw who you had to see, done what you had to do, nothing. Can you hear that frustration? We've toiled all night, nothing. Looks like a disappointment. You know what's the good news? Number one that we can learn from here, Jesus came on the scene and decided to get into Simon Peter's boat. Even in your disappointment, even if your nets are empty, Jesus is still in your boat. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is still in your boat. You can almost feel the level of bitterness, the pain. We've toiled all night. I've worked hard. We catch fish at night. It's daylight. But Lord, at your word. Now, family number one, the Bible teaches us that God wants to do far more abundantly, exceedingly above whatever you could think, whatever you could dream, whatever you could ask. How do I know that? Because Jesus said to him, drop your nets. Did you see that? Verse 5, Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the net. But if you go to the previous verse, verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. Who was the person limiting Jesus? Simon Peter. He said, drop your nets. He dropped a net because he knew he had worked all night. Could feel that pain, that disappointment. He had to humble himself and say, Lord, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to drop the net. And what happened? He caught all the fish. Have you been provoked through disappointment? You could almost feel that he was angry. He's worked, he's caught nothing, and now Jesus wants to use his boat to minister. Turn to the person next to you and say, put first the kingdom of God. Tell them again, say, put first the kingdom of God. Jesus knew, let's put the kingdom first, and then all these things will be added. In whatever disappointment you've been facing, Jesus is ready to turn that disappointment into an appointment. Jesus told him, go out and catch the fish. Peter knew that he had to take on, embrace the Word of God, allow it to become an integral part of who he was, humbled himself and said, Lord, at your word, your will, not my will, be done. From a natural point of view, I know it's impossible. I've tried the whole night. There's nothing. But at your word, Lord, I bow my knee and I cast down the net. And when they pulled it up, it was full of fish. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's appointment in disappointment. 
He was just simply saying, Lord, who am I that I could disobey your instruction? Family, if you've received an instruction from the Lord Jesus Christ, a word from the Lord Jesus Christ, when there's opposition to your vision, don't let it lose your determination. Let that very thing make you more determined to say, Lord, I know you will do it. Even if there's a disappointment right now, I know you will turn it into an appointment. You know what that means? Even in his disappointment, Jesus was supporting his situation. Jesus was ready to take him from where he was to where he wanted him to be. After he had caught the fish, Jesus said to him, Now I'm taking you from here where you are blessed to where God wants you to be. You've been a normal fisherman. Now you'll be a fisher of men. When God steps into your life, there's oftentimes a change of position. Where he was just at the seashore, Jesus moved him into the town now. You know, Peter, if his focus was on materialistic things, he could have taken this new revelation, this opportunity that he had now, a full net, and use it just for himself. The blessings. But he said, no. Lord, your will be done, not mine. What is it that you want? Turn to the person next to you, say there's appointment in disappointment. Family, when it's time for the purpose of God to manifest in your life, there'll be a force from heaven that will come to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. The grace of God will help you, will sustain you. Amen? Romans 8 verse 28 says, That which the enemy intends for evil to derail you, to get you discouraged, God will turn it around for good. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called. And whom He called, these He also justified. And who He justified, these He also glorified. Whatever you are going through right now, God has predestined good things for you to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. It might have been an empty net. If you look at Habakkuk, Habakkuk said, though everything goes wrong, there's no olives, there's no vineyards, there's no calves, yet I will praise the Lord. I know God will see me through. I know God will take me from where I am where God wants me to be. This disappointment in Peter's life was just for a season. It wasn't something permanent. So that he could enter into God's rest. In the challenges that you are facing right now, find God's peace and find God's rest in your heart. There might be a storm on the outside, but when you have peace on the inside, you know God will take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Amen? 
turn to the person next to you, say there's appointment in disappointment. King Solomon, the Bible says he had rest on all sides. On every side he had rest in his life. I want to encourage you this morning. This is a simple message. If you can just take this home, whatever you are facing right now, whatever you are going through right now, it's not a disappointment. It's an appointment. In that disappointment, there is appointment. Joseph, Joseph, he came to his brothers. They were fearful. They knew what they had done. They knew they had sold him. They wanted him dead. But God turned it around for good. He said, don't you come and say, you did this. Don't you say it was your hand in my life. It was not. It was God's hand in my life. God is the one who sent me ahead of you so that I could be a blessing to the people where God placed me and a blessing to all of you. You were not in control of my life. God was in control in my of my life. Every disappointment, if you believe God holds your life in His hands, that disappointment, God is going to turn it around into an appointment to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Moses had a disappointment that moved him from where he was to where God wanted him to be. Abraham, God had to say to him, get away from your family. Move from the place where you are right now to where I want you to be. I'm not saying sell your stuff and move to another place. I'm not saying that. a matter of fact, if your spiritual home is settled, your natural home will fall in place. Don't move where there's not a spiritual home because your spiritual life is the most important thing. If you know God has placed you somewhere, be placed there. The reason why many Christians are battling is because they're not planted. When the storms come, it bends you this way, it breaks you. The Bible teaches us that Christians, believers, are like a palm tree. Why a palm tree? Because a palm tree, go look, when there's hurricanes, where there's tornadoes, every wicked storm with the highest winds, that tree is there. Yes, that tree is bent down. And sometimes the world will bend us, and situation and circumstances will bend us. But after that storm, that tree stands up stronger than ever before. Why do you think the Bible says you're a palm tree? Because when you are rooted and grounded in God's Word, the next verse says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. Some of you, storms have been shaking you because you've not been planted in a church. Go find a living church, get submitted and committed and planted, and you'll see the storms will be much easier to handle. Am I talking to the right people here? You cannot have two pastors. You have one pastor. You have one church. Amen? Decide what church you want to belong to and get planted in that church. If it's not household of Christ, go find a living church and get planted there so that you can flourish, so that you can grow in the things of the Lord. Amen? Because if you're not supposed to be here, then I don't have to look after you because the Bible says, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. So if you are where you're not supposed to be, then I might be spending time with you when I shouldn't, where I could be helping another member. Now there's no amen from that. No, we want all your help. We want all your prayers. We just don't want to be submitted and committed. That's why you are confused. 
That's why when there's a storm, you like a wave this way and that way. I'm giving you some good advice. Amen? Your storms have been difficult. You've been doubting in your storms because you're not planted. Ruth, Ruth, the woman that said, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. She made a decision. When she came in Boaz's field, when she came in Boaz's field, Boaz, a type of Jesus, I'm helping some of you here because you are double-mounted. You, you listen to this pastor, then you listen to this pastor, you listen to this minister, you listen to this reverend, you listen to this bishop, and they're all great men of God. But listening to all of them will confuse you. I'm giving you some good advice. Some of the worst things that you can do is to switch on your TV in the morning, and by the time you leave, you've listened to six messages on a Christian channel. And bless the Christian channels, but they're all preaching something different, and it's confusing you. So let me give you this advice that the Lord told me. I'm closing with this. What the Lord gave me, why I can be focused. The one day I'm reading the book of Ruth. All Bible scholars and teachers will tell you that Boaz, Ruth, and Naomi. Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ. Naomi is a type of the Holy Spirit. And Ruth is a type of the church. She's going into a field to pick up seed. Boaz says to his servants, wherever she goes, drop extra hands full for her and let her pick it up. She doesn't even know about it. Jesus has given an instruction, let extra blessings come to Ruth. Ruth picks it up, a type of the church, she gets home. Her mother-in-law, Naomi, a type of the Holy Spirit, says to her, where have you been today? She says, why? She says, what you've picked up is not normal. The hands full that you have is not normal. Where have you been? She says, I've been in Boaz fields. She says, can I give you advice? Don't be seen in another man's field. And the Lord spoke to me and said to me, you can go to any field, you can go to any church, and you can pick up seed, the word of God that will feed you. Turn to the person next to you and say, all seed, all word of God will feed you. So you can go to any field. There are many churches. There are many living, living churches. You can go to many living churches and pick up seeds. But the Lord said to me, where are you picking up your hands full? That's the field you want to be seen in. That's the field where you want to be planted in because that's the house that will help you in the things of the Lord to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Have I helped some of you? If you read the Old Testament, it says don't mix seed. Sometimes it's not what people are saying that it's wrong. It's just the way up the mountain is a different path. Now it's confusing you. So, I've settled my heart that I know. There was a time in my life where I rebuked every challenge. And I still resist the enemy. Amen? But now when challenges comes, I see it as an appointment to take me from where I am to where God wants me to be. 
when I read the disciples saying we glory in tribulation, I say, Lord, what is it that made these crazy disciples that hanged out with Jesus say we glory in tribulation? What is that attitude that they had in their hearts to say we believe you, Lord, when it seems impossible? What is it that made Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they had an appointment with a fiery furnace that they would say to a king, whether my God delivers me or not, I want you to know he's my deliverer. I'm not changing my confession. I say, Lord, that's the kind of faith that I want. When it seems impossible to still hold on and believe the possible, to be a Daniel when he's got an appointment with lions in a lion's den, to still go on his knees and say, Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Bible says you gave thanks three times that day. That's the faith that I want. That's the gospel that I want to hold on to because I know that's the gospel that will see me through. Because when I believe the gospel that said, just become a Christian, you won't have any problems, I found out very quickly they were lying to me. Amen. And I'm sure if you're sitting here, since you've become a believer, you've faced some challenges. Let me see your hand. So I want to believe this gospel that will give me steadfastness of heart where the Bible says, after you've done everything that you can do, stand and know that I'm going to stand strong like a palm tree and go through the storms, but come out stronger on the other side, still lifting up my, almost say my palm leaves, my hands and saying, Jesus, I love you. You are good. You've seen me through that storm. You've turned this disappointment into an appointment. I know if when you are for me, whatever the enemy means for evil, you will turn it around for good and take me from where I am to where you want me to be. Seal up. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.